Box Out FM for the musically curious. This is your host DJ Mo City live and direct from the HQ Boxout.fm. We got a special situation happening. We got a friend from Japan. We got a friend from New Zealand live and direct in India. I'm gonna play a few songs and invite them over here to chat for a little bit. There's no Friday up. You know it's been strangled. The one big soul that belongs to Special guest live in the studio right about now from Japan to India representing one time for your mind. Nick, why don't you take over and say something? What's up? This is, uh, well, I was just going to say what's up India, uh, India, but I should say this what's up internet. Um, man, it's wicked to be here and uh, I've been watching this a lot actually. Um, you're doing a great job um, and yeah, it's an honor to be here. Also got Mr. Soichi Torada with me. Torada-san. Hello, um, Delhi. This is Delhi Soichi. and the world. Delhi and the world. Delhi and the world. This is Soichi Terada. So I'm happy to be here, here in um, community FM, uh, no, no, uh, community station in Delhi. 
Yeah, um, so yeah, basically, we're, I mean, we just, we, we're getting straight into it, right? Yeah, we're getting straight we're into getting it. Getting straight into it. So yeah, it's, um, it's an absolute honor to be here, and especially to be back here with, uh, with Tarada-san. Um, we're doing an, another one of these really cool, um, Red Bull Music Academy tours, uh, which I've been so, so lucky to be part of for the last, uh, well, the last three years now. Um, a few years back, we, I was lucky enough to be part of this tour with Code 9, um, which is very interesting actually because uh, a lot of things that are happening in my life now all were formed um yeah and, and we will get to it we'll that. get to that later on i shouldn't really get into that actually but um but yeah so so we went into that and then last year we came back with kenny dope um but this year we're doing things a little bit differently and 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 i'm so so happy to be back doing this tour because um we are there's this, this documentary series that i put together a few years ago called digging in the carts which was, you know, for the first time really telling the history and, and shining the light on these Japanese, like Japanese men and women that, you know, they were just kind of ordinary office workers, but they somehow just, you know, went into work, made this, made this, these music video games, and, and little did they know that like they were like infecting millions and millions of young uh, future producers and beat makers. Um, turning them into onto loops and electronic music and and yeah I think um, I'd kind of been traveling a lot. Um, Can you give us a little snippet on where it started exactly? What era? What year? So basically, yeah, I I kind of like when I was like when I was seven years old uh, in New Zealand, I kind of we had a Commodore sixty four, um, which is an American computer, and um, I just remember like the music just blew my mind, and that for me was my introduction to to electronic music. I, I can't front; it wasn't like you know, my parents didn't have a record collection with Kraftwerk. I just, I'd tape record that music and listen to it. And, and then when I was about 10, my older brother went to Japan and um, he, yeah, he bought like a, a like a Nintendo Super, it's called a Super Famicom, Super Nintendo, and sent it over. And um, yeah, and I just, I remember the music being, being really incredible. And then years and years later, I was going to Tokyo regularly. And, and every time I go to Tokyo, I'd go digging for like, for cartridges, like old, rare, Japanese-only cartridges, hoping to sample them. And just the more I kind of started researching and hearing these killer tunes, I was like, whoa, no one knows about these people. So, so yeah, that, that, that happened. We made the series, which you can watch online. Uh, but if you are in uh, Mumbai and Bombay tomorrow, we're, we're previewing them in, um, in, on a screen with a big sound system, which we did in Bangalore a couple of days ago. Um, so yeah, basically it's taken a long, long time, but we're, we're about to put out a compilation and we're doing a big global tour. So we're going to do a Digging the Cats World Tour. It kicks off in, um, in uh, October in Los Angeles, then we're doing Fabric in London and a bunch of shows throughout the next year. So yeah, we're kind of getting, like, we're just doing all these little sub Digging the Cats related events. And um, and yeah, we were just so blessed and, and, and happy that Tarada-san also was said he was happy to come here. Tarada-san was responsible for making some of the most incredible house music uh, to come out of anywhere in the world. Um, but you know, he can tell his own story, but uh, he made these incredible records that came out limited pressings on his own Far East recording label. And then little did he know that like 15, 16, 17 years later, people started to, to start playing them. His records, became, like people started to get hip to his music and then then Rush Hour re-released his uh, music three years ago, and now the man here plays all over the world. He plays for like 8,000 people in Paris, Helsinki. Oh my God! And and he is like, you know, he's standing next to me, so I don't want to embarrass him too much. But but watching Tarada-san perform is one of the, the the most joyous things you'll ever witness. But but yeah, what's incredible about that is um, 
Yeah, we were even. I, I showed him a photo of uh, of Discog just the other day. All those old records. They're now like a thousand dollars for one record on on Discog. Reselling. So, yeah. Reselling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're lucky enough to get them the first time around, then you're sitting on a small fortune. But um, but yeah, uh, Toronto Sun also in the '90s. A lot of people know him from. He he got bitten by the jungle bug, nice. became a, 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 a devotee. Um, to, to, to you know to, to jungle the religion of jungle as we all did and um, and then he made uh, some incredible uh, jungle and the, the, the sumo jungle project and then started uh, one of the, the directors for uh, the Sony music game Ape Escape when I love your jungle I want you to make jungle for for our video games so so that's Tarada Sun's background uh, with, uh, with video game music I'm gonna step back because I just realized I just talked a lot no, 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 you, no, you, 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 you're, you're good here. I just want to kind of bring a, a reference how it came to club music, how it started to enter from video game music to nightlife, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I think, you know, I think it kind of it originally started in the 80s. Um, you know, a lot of hip-hop producers would... Um, would sample those those sounds and those tones and I think like especially with the chip era what's incredible about it and I'm going to play you guys some some fresh cuts <clears throat> it's like um, you know the way that people think about a moog or, or certain synths being you know responsible for certain sounds all of the, those each different one of those machines be it an NES or a Super NES or a Mega Drive they had a different sound chip in them you know for example the Mega Drive had a um, it was called a YM2673 um, oh god, yeah. Um, and and that was basically a, D, a Yamaha DX7. So they had the DX7 sounds in that thing. So if anyone's familiar with Sonic the Hedgehog, you know those sounds you were hearing were kind of like DX7 sounds. And then like, you know, the Famicom sound chip is like three channels. It's essentially a a, 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 a square wave, a sine wave, a noise thing. And yeah, each chip's got a different personality and. You know, it's like it's like its own little instrument, um, and and I think like a lot of beat makers, uh, first of all in the 80s and the 90s, um, a lot of American hip hop producers were sampling video game music, like in the late 90s, like Madlib, Oh No, those guys were sampling video game music, but it became very influential, especially with grime, um, uh, like footwork as well, like people just love, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Jatari and all that. Um, so people just like the, the textures and the, and the crunchiness of those 8-bit sounds. So it's basically, it's been a part of, of club culture, like it was autonomous right from the very beginning, you know. Um, but definitely, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, if you've been anywhere on a dance floor over the last kind of decade, you know, the 8-bit the, the virus and the 16-bit virus has crept, crept and found its way into dance floors, so yeah. But basically, all of that music, when people, you know, people would always think of it as video game music, right? It was like music made for a video game, and people hear it within the context of the game. And I think what we were trying to do with the documentary series is take it out of the video, uh, out of the, uh, out of the context of the video game, and get people to listen to it for for music. And 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 in its own right, it was just this incredible pioneering Japanese electronic music that was made with chips. So all the music is uh, re-releases, or like nothing is actually produced in this uh, time? No, man, this is all original music uh, from 1985 to 1995. Okay. What's crazy about this is this music never existed um, in, in, in any other format other than in the game. So we had to extract the music from the machine. Like, actually extract the music and people would, would build programs. So it was a crazy period. Um, okay, I, I'm, gonna t I'm gonna, can I play a track? Yeah, yeah, please. Let's 
So this is, uh, yeah, this is on the Super Famicom, but if anyone's familiar with Steve Reich and kind of early minimalist music, this is like this crazy minimalism on a video game from 1992 on a Mahjong, 1993, sorry, Mahjong 2 High Dan. That is uh, something from a Japanese uh, video game composer called Soshi Hosoi uh, from back in 1994. Um, and you know, as I was saying before, it's like um, it took a long, long time to get this compilation together uh, because, first of all, like you know, listening through everything, and yeah, it's crazy the things you find like uh, on an obscure Mahjong compilation that would probably have only sold a few hundred copies back in the day. Um, lies this kind of minimalist masterpiece. That music now is being compiled. How are you going to bring it to life in a show experience? Are you going to add a visual element? Are you guys try? What is... I mean, I know you can't tell me too much, but give me a little bit. Yeah, um, no, no, definitely, man. Um, I think the, 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 the main thing that uh, was really important to us is like every kind of... Every time that video game music had been represented uh, in a live sense, it was always like classical orchestras um, doing Zelda or Final Fantasy music and and I kind of I that kind of didn't yeah that's not what uh that wasn't my jam and, and and I didn't really feel anything for that and for me it's like you know as I was saying that particular era you know um in the, in the 80s and early 90s those sounds those tones um yeah we wanted to kind of represent that and and, and over the years you know I'd, I'd managed to hang and speak with many people like Flying Lotus like Thundercat a lot of people that were in the in the Digging the Cards documentary and, and it's and it was that era that they they really loved um in particular there was one legendary dude called Yuzo Koshiro uh who had a compilation called uh, a, a game called Streets of Rage that he did the music for and um yeah what's happening is for the very first time he's going to be performing live and he's going to be 
you know, hacking into the chips to, to, to use those sounds so it will be as authentic as possible. Okay. Uh, yes, we've got a guy called uh, Kong Son Pax okay. who's going to be doing all our visual stuff. Uh, incredibly talented dude. So, yes, massive visual component. And we just basically, but also we're doing this thing where the label boss of uh, this label, this mysterious label that we're releasing on, he's going to be taking all the sounds on the comp, reworking them into all new music, and we're doing a collaboration with the very famous Japanese illustrator called Koji Morimoto. So really, yes, it's about that era of music, but we kind of, we what we want the, the, the whole event to kind of grow into is it's just, it's a window, basically. So we want to kind of take all of that kind of culture that was created in Japan, that incredible culture that was that was born and uh, during that time period and, and, and take it to the world. So that's like from a visual aesthetic, not just a, uh, the sound aesthetic. And yeah, hopefully it can just grow more and more from here. Well, here we are. It's 2017 and we're live and direct in India. The music is going to be coming to a club near you. We're going to play a few tracks and we'll keep it going. You're live and direct on Box Out FM. Shout out to RBMA for making this tour happen one time for your mind. Uh, I'll start off with this, like, just to play you a couple of other things on the compilation. Um, okay, so this is like, I mean, for, for, I think for a lot of people um, here, like, yeah, maybe this music might be unfamiliar. Um, so I'm just gonna run you through some of the things, some of the kind of sounds and, and, and vibes we're talking about. Um, okay, in particular, Basically, it, it really seemed uh, one genre of game um, that really looked to Detroit for influence was shooting games. And especially, man, so many video game composers were deeply, deeply influenced by Underground Resistance. Because okay. basically, you know, what Underground Resistance were doing and what like a lot of those uh, producers in Detroit were doing is they were... You know, using synthesizers and reimagining, like if you know Doppler effect, if you know Drexia, uh, all of that that era, they were t you know, were using synths to soundtrack a dystopian or a utopian future, and and that's the kind of music that they were doing. It's it's, it's kind of crazy that still in this age, the most futuristic sounding music was all. It's still yeah, it's back then. It's like in the 80s, that whole era. So all of these video game composers. They were like, you know, okay, how do I soundtrack this video game set in the world, the year 3027? Uh, and they'd all be like digging Underground Resistance and Detroit Techno. And because so Underground. future music. Absolutely. And because Underground Resistance were really big in Japan and in Tokyo, where most of the video games composers were in the early 90s, you just got all these tracks that, that sound like pure chip underground resistance and this is a good example of that this is uh something from a game called thunder force 4 um yeah some some japanese uh underground resistance influenced chip music go that is uh, yeah something from a game called thunder force 4 came out on the mega drive in like 1991 and that's just like yeah a little another little selection of um of uh or another little taste 
of what's on the selection um, on this uh, on this on this video game comp that we're uh, yeah we're so proud to be to be getting out there. But that aside, we're more proud of the fact that we're in Delhi. But in the meantime, here is some random Japanese video game music from the mid '90s for you all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Box Out FM from Delhi to the world. What a vibe! And what a vibe to be here standing with my man Mo City. Uh, yeah, man. Last time I saw you, we were in like the world's worst club in 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 Dubai. Um, our good friend Jillianier from Major Laser was playing at the worst club. Crystal. Crystal. What was it? Well, oh, Crystal. Yeah, but what was? We were in like we were in the Cirque du Soleil bar in in Dubai. 
and it was it was terrible, man. It was like no disrespect. I, I yeah, I don't want to be that guy that comes on and, and and like just gets all negative about a bar. But it was weird. It was my introduction to like Dubai as Las Vegas like bottle service. I tried to get like the cheapest drink I could find was like 200 bucks for a glass of of, of something. Um, but but the great thing about it was that I got to hang with Mo City. That was that was my point. Yeah, we oh we took me to that falafel spot. That was really good, but. I, yeah, I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to start going on a tangent about, like, you know, I was a bit sick at that point in time. Um, funny story about bass lines and bowel movements, but I won't go into that. I promise Bruh. because no one wants to hear about my bowel movements at uh, 12 o'clock in the, uh, in the afternoon. We're here. I'm Nick Dwyer from New Zealand, living in Tokyo. We're here with Tarada-san, the legendary Soichi Tarada. Um, did you want to ask Tarada-san a couple more questions? I would like to welcome you to the radio station of course uh, just wanted to say how did you feel about the first performance in India you had the show in Bangalore yes um, this what this is so precious um, opportunity to play in in India but um, I had a, a strange nostalgic feeling when I during my staying in India because um, every scenery or atmosphere is feeling like um, very old Japan that when I was in childhood. Wow. Yes. Yes. Not 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 perfectly same, but okay. as a kind of a similarity, I can feel. Okay. That's a great thing. I mean, the future, the past, the present, all in one place. Yes. Uh, did you, when you were making this music, mm. did you think you will come to India to perform? Never. Uh, I, I have never imagined um, after 25 years ago from uh, the period that uh, when I produced my song. Okay. So this is so precious moment for okay. me. Amazing. Thank you. I think it's precious for everyone. People watching at home, people listening, people who will attend the shows because this kind of experience doesn't come that often. Especially when uh, so much uh, club music is very basic music and you are presenting something different. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is a pleasure to have that. Uh, how, uh, what, what will you be bringing tonight to the show? You are performing live? Yes, uh, I'm going to have my live performance with uh, my ancient electronic instrument like uh, Akai's hardware sampler. I even I uh, use uh, with my computer, but sounds all sounds came from my uh, ancient sound from uh, old synthesizer or old samples from 90s. And you're also singing? Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, just one or just a few tracks. Okay. Yes, with uh, the with processor. Okay, okay. It's a smart processor. Yes. All I'm gonna say is, yeah, he got more than a few surprises. And like I say, like I think a, a, a few people at the gig at Humming Tree the other night were aware of his music. But for the like 150 that turned up on a Wednesday night, I think every single one of them is now the world's greatest Soichi Tarada fan. He had everyone like in the palm of his hands and. I'm just going to say, like, I've seen a lot of shows in my time, and I've seen a lot of performers, and I'm not just saying it because he's, he's like, we're doing this thing together, but I've never, ever seen someone captivate and charm a crowd like that. True words. Shall we listen to a track from Tarada Sun? This is, as Tarada Sun says, some of Tarada Sun's ancient house music from 25 years ago. This is a track called Sun Showered. Thank you. 
legend stuff, legend stuff. So uh, we're gonna talk about the record label you have started in Japan, Far East Recording. Recordings. What year did you start the label? I started um, Far East Recording to to do what uh, I just want uh, as want okay. as I want. Yes. So um, freedom. Freedom. So just uh, Far East Recording would be uh, my private level okay. so um until the beginning to uh, even now okay Na- um it starts uh, in 1988 but i put the name first recording in 1991 and you are only artist on the label or i yes uh, basically i am the only artist but uh I have a co-producer like Shinichiro Yokota or some um, um, some musicians who are contributing um, with my uh, works. And that music, the label, everything is a digital or a analog digital? Yes. At first, uh, it uh, we released my, our music only on vinyl and then we started to press and manufacture CD and now uh, we began uh, with digital release since um, 2005. So now we just, uh, to, it is too sad but we, we cannot uh, manufacture in the vinyl format but, but um, last hour okay. they did that. Okay. So some of the music was re-released on Rush Hour Records yes. and it can be found in the Rush Hour store or online. Yes, please. Make sure you check it out, get yourself a copy. If anybody has any of that music in India, bring it to the gig, get it signed. Yeah. Tell the people you know what's up. Yeah, what are we? house tonight. What are we listening in the background? Well, this is, uh, this is a track called Low Tension. Where, what, is, what is your memory of this track? Uh, this song is um, maybe uh, at first this song was made for a kind of um, how can I say fashion show? Yeah, yeah, yeah really? fashion show, but catwalk, uh, catwalk show, yes, yes, wow, catwalk show, <laughs> and so with uh, Manabu Nagayama, a co-producer wow. of this song, amazing. We're gonna play, uh, we'll play something else right now. Oh no, we'll let this play out because it's a killer cut.
right, ladies and gentlemen, man, what an honor it is to be here on the legendary, the world-renowned, the infamous Box Art FM with, uh, yeah, that dude, Mo City. My name is uh, Nick Dwyer, and I'm joined by Suichi Tirada. We're here in town because we've got a show happening tonight uh, at Summer House. Please come along, do a bit of a taste of Rebel Music Academy vibes. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And um, if you got any friends in Bangalore who were at the show the other night, just ask them. I'm sure they'll let you know about uh, about the vibe, the vibe meter, completely and utterly off the off the off the off the top, uh, and no doubt going to be the same tonight. So yeah, check that out. Mo City, over to you. We're going to sign out with one last song, and then we'll be over and out. Make sure you drop by tonight. If you got anything to say, hit us up on Twitter. Make sure you also apply for RBMA this year, because it's a legendary experience for a lot of you. And I hope to see India being represented to the fullest out yes. there. Final words to sign out. Yes, uh, thank you for this opportunity. Domo arigato. Thank you so much. Hope to see some of you tonight. Thank you, my man.